2: Yes, indeed, it is the get right right here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Atatula here with you on this Friday evening in the Metroplex. Also sitting alongside the Fan Phenom for how much longer? I have no idea, but he is still Blake Elliott. What's yes, sir. To
3: talk to me. I'm feeling good Friday night. Great weather all day. Like I said on the cross, I had some good food right before this, so I'm full and
2: ready to go. Bro, it was like we almost got to 80 today? Yeah, it was, man. It was nice in the mighty Metroplex on this Friday. Shout out to Lucius Alexander hanging with us for a minute. Appreciate you, my man.
0: Ooh, la, la, la.
2: <laughs> I already, I, he's already in weekend mode. Don't yeah, worry yeah. about L.A. <laughs> I'm, trying to find, I'm trying to find a high school game here on the television. Yeah, South Oak Cliff's supposed to be getting after yeah. it today, aren't they? Yeah, if I can find it, I'll be here all night. Very good, <laughs> so, very good. You know what? We're going to turn you into our uh, South Oak Cliff correspondent. It. throw over to you see what's happening um we appreciate you guys rocking with us on this friday like i said you can always text into the program in fact please do get involved we appreciate it uh the, the TrekRec.com text line is where you're going 877-881-1053 you can also see us on youtube check it out with a uh, 105 through the fan on youtube or hit us up on twitch.tv slash dallas fan can we got you till 11 tonight got a lot of football going on as we head into week 14 um also you know your Mavs will be playing tonight 9 Sir. p.m they got the west coast game against Portland. Uh, yeah the Portland Trailblazers I imagine there won't be too much of an issue with that but of course we'll let you know what's happening with that as we go however there's one thing that matters here and maybe one thing alone that matters here and it is we are coming to the end of Philly week part two Yep, Eagles hate week, baby. That's one way to call it for sure. Uh, as our friends uh, Megan Murray and um, and Kelsey Charles would say, um, "Dallas forever, Philly for never." Yes, right? those. And so we are at that place where we typically go and we look forward into what we expect to happen. In this football game. And so, Blake, I'll start with you. Like, where are you looking at in this football game? You know, what what are some of the tactics that you anticipate seeing, either from your Cowboys, from the Eagles? What are you expecting to see?
3: So, if the Eagles were smart, which I think they are, they're 10 and 2, I think they're going to attack our not so great run defense. They haven't been able to run the ball particularly well in the past couple weeks. I think this is a week that they try to get that going. So I think we'll see a good amount of DeAndre Swift use in that first half trying to get the pressure off of Jalen Hurts because we saw last week with the Niners, Jalen Hurts was having to do a lot, wasn't exactly panning out for them. So I expect them to try to get those in between the tackle runs going early. And then for the Cowboys, I don't think it's any secret that that back seven for the Eagles is not the strong suit of their team. So I see them doing the complete opposite. I don't think this is a week where you try to be cute and you try to get the run game going. I think this is a week that we see a very pass- happy, like we've been seeing all year. first down passes, getting CeeDee Lamb active early and often, so I think the passing game will be early for the Cowboys and then the run game for the Eagles starting off.
2: Yeah, man, I I think let's talk about this Cowboys offense. The passing game has has been incredible. We've talked about it over and over and over again when we Mm -hmm. talk about Dak Prescott and the way that he's been playing incredible football. You can also point to the idea that CeeDee Lamb, as you mentioned, has been very, very good. One of the things um, that you are 100% correct in is that the Eagles' secondary has looked very gettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wide receivers, the safeties, I mean, even the linebackers, is that's been their weakness oh. over the middle of the field. And so, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be a good day to throw the football, and they might need to lean all the way into it. I know that uh, Patrick Walker, a voice, no, voice of the star on Twitter, he mm-hmm. you know works at DallasCowboys.com. He like, you know, he'll usually do a write up of some of these games before in, in that week. And this week, he's just like, go win the game. Right. Yeah. And obviously, biggest part, uh, part of this game is just going and winning it.
3: hundred percent But
2: one of the things that he advocates, and I, I don't think he's wrong in any way, shape or form in pointing to this is hey man. Just throw the football. Right. Like this does not have to be the complimentary football. And this is going to be a test in some ways. Of I think Mike McCarthy and you know his dedication to some of the things that he said at the beginning of the season, which he's let some of those things go at Mm -hmm. this point. But ain't no need to no establish no damn run. This is not the game to be cute. Establish.
3: Let's show people who run win the game. If you got to throw it five hundred times, I don't care. (laughs) Especially
2: when you look at the ways in which Jalen Carter has had a good season for the Eagles at their defensive tackle spot. They you know they have some solid uh, defensive linemen. And even though I think you've started seeing the Cowboys gin up the run game Mm -hmm. a little bit more, utilizing outside run a little bit more and getting Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle into space, Mm -hmm. you're going to need to do that. I'm not saying throw the ball on every single down. However, I think you lean on what you do well here. And that is throwing the football into a place of weakness for that team. Uh, air it out, in particular, in in certain ways where, you know, you could get the ball to see Lamb. Because I think one thing that the Cowboys have come back to, right? Mm-hmm. We saw the ways in which they were trying to do this West Coast, almost antiquated style of football where it's, you know, a lot of slants, a lot of short yardage, you know, low air yard passing. And what we've seen is they've kind of reverted back to some of the things that we would seen prior. Um, And some of that is like four by one concepts where you have four wide receivers on one side or, you know, four receivers on one side, one wide receiver on the other side. And what you do what you're doing in that instance is really just testing the defense and seeing, are you going to put, you know, allocate all these resources to the four, you know, four receiver side and then, you know, deal with that and leave one one on one on the backside? Because if you're doing that, you're leaving a less than stellar, uh, you know. Uh, defender with a very good solo receiver and I imagine that'd be CeeDee Lamb a yeah. lot of times or are you going to let someone like uh, Jake Ferguson or someone like Brandon Cooks cook yeah. no pun intended you know because you're not allocating enough resources over there so stuff like that I think you have an opportunity to really take advantage of this Eagles
3: and I think it'll be interesting because the Cowboys we know they run a lot of man especially on those third down where they pin their ears back and the defensive linemen are going to get the quarterback in Jalen Hurts I wonder how much of kind of what Nick Bosa was saying will be put into fruition about Mm. leaving those A and B gaps clogged up and making him kind of stay inside the pocket and not necessarily trying to sack the quarterback, but keep him contained. Because we know Micah Parsons and DeMarcus Lawrence and Osa and Fowler love to get out of the quarterback. How disciplined can they be and not getting caught up in the tricks in the backfield and the motions? and stay to the ground and make sure Jalen Hurts stays in the pocket and isn't able to make plays with his feet. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out, how focused they can be and not get out of their rushing lanes, if you will.
2: I'm not sure if that's exactly how they play this Eagles team. I know that that worked for the Niners, Mm -hmm. but these these teams are not the same in that way. And one of the things when it comes to the pass rush of this team is that contain isn't necessarily the way that they play. They try and get up the field and apply pressure. And so I'm I'm intrigued to see what that looks like, but they are going to need to contain at least in one way, be run sound mm-hmm. because this Eagles run game, if you allow it to get going, can be problematic. And so I, I'm interested in seeing how they try and mesh those two things because this is a defense in, with the Cowboys. At least when we talk about the front, you know, the front four oftentimes or sometimes five when they'll put five down or you know maybe put Micah back at linebacker in order to blitz them um that they love stunting to be able to you know get advantages and they love being able to utilize those types of things sometimes you can find guys knifing in and you find guys getting up field and then being beat to the outside yep. and so I look I know that that idea of hey keep it contained is good but then also at the same time I don't I don't know that you want to change the way that you play yeah. entirely just because you feel like that's the way to beat this one team because sometimes you get drawn out of your style and then end up in no man's land. I think
3: you can take bits and pieces. You don't got to change your whole game plan, and all of a sudden we're not going to pin our ears back and try to get to the quarterback as fast as possible, get upfield. But, you know, maybe on a third down, kind of being more cautious of what is Jalen trying to do and understanding your opponent. So it'll be interesting to see how much.
2: What's funny is I don't even know that you need to, it needs to be third down. I think you need to try and win first and second down, yeah. right, like early on. And, of course, this is like cliche football stuff. Win mm-hmm. first or second down, put him in third and long. Mm-hmm. But, obviously, we understand that with the Eagles more than any other team, you know third and fourth and short and you're in a bad place because yep. they have this play that feels undeniable at this point mm-hmm. in the touch push if they get within two yards on fourth down and so with that being the case really making sure that you're stout and on your p's and q's early on and i think some of that is we were just talking with broadis as we you know we do the switch over and we get going here um on the fan and one of the things we were talking about with him is all right well, making sure that Jalen Hurts doesn't get going requires a spy. This is a question that you asked specifically, yeah. and you go, "Okay, you ask him who is the best player to probably spy with, mm-hmm. and the answer is probably Marquise Bell. Yeah, right. Been great winning in that linebacker. But he's spot. no Fred. Sure, he's no Fred Warner, right? And I, I don't think that's any level of slight to Marquise Bell. I don't think that he I would take Bell, it but as a slight, right? Uh, but he's been good at you know getting downfield, making tackles. You know, obviously, really good eyes in order to play safety and also play linebacker this season. Mm-hmm. But then I immediately go, well, if it's Marquise Bell, Dallas Goddard who is returning in this game, Marquise Bell might be the best option also in looking at him because him as a tight end over the middle ends up being a little of a problem. And we've we've, talked about some of the ways in which the safeties for the Cowboys have left a little to be desired this year, especially coming off a year where they were really good last year. All three got paid. That's right, and so those are the things that get me pretty interested. And on top of the idea that obviously Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are big body, well, I mean particularly A.J. Brown, but Devontae <laughs> Smith is like, Quick. he's he's not small necessarily. Yeah. He might not be hefty, but he, yeah. you know he's tall or whatever and fast. Those guys are going to go cross over the middle and things like that. And then also I they watched the Seattle Seahawks game. They know the ways in which you can maybe try and pick at the secondary 100%. for the Cowboys. So I, I'm interested in seeing how the Cowboys def- defend in that and maybe it's as simple as the safeties play a better game you know yeah. Jaron ron curse turns back the clock not to make him sound old or anything but i know last year and the last couple of years he's been the answer when you talk about a tight end on the other team that needs to be slowed down or accounted for Jaron ron yeah. curse has been that maybe it's like hey Jaron, ron this is the day where you show up and you know really make sure that people know that you're earning your money and you know maybe that's the answer
3: because my biggest thing when watching that eagles niners game when watching the film breakdown. The Eagles obviously in the first quarter, that was their best quarter. So I was watching how did they how were they able to get on the Niners? And a lot of it was I don't want to say misdirection, but using the Niners against themselves. Realizing where are the pass rushers? Let's get a let's get a screen out right here. And where are they rushing from? Let's go the other side. So I think our safeties, our linebackers, our ends are going to have to have good eyes, like you just said, be Mm -hmm. patient because you can get caught up in the backfield and, oh, A.J. Brown's running across the field. Devontae Smith's running the end around. Jalen Hurts still has the ball, and it's not in Swift's hands. So being able to be early and be attentive and aware and not getting distracted will be big for the Cowboys. And if they can do that, then it's just man-on-man football, and I take the Cowboys taking care of business in that way. But if you let the Eagles get in front and kind of misdirect you and use your aggression against you, that's where the Cowboys could have some problems.
2: Now, this is an interesting note from John Owning as we continue to talk about like the Cowboys' defense right here. Um... He wrote this interesting nugget that he found on the Cowboys defense uh, earlier this week. In total, the Cowboys disguised their coverage at the 10th lowest rate. However, when looking at like just third and fourth down, they disguise their coverage at the second highest rate. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting if you can make sure that the the Eagles are in passing downs. Um, I'm kind of interested in, you know, the, the Joey Bo- or Nick Bosa, rather. Sometimes I'll be switching now. Uh, the Nick Bosa thing where he's talking about, you know, keeping... You know, keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket, making him throw like that was less that or not. I want to say less, but that was somewhat about his ability to run. But also that was a calling into question in some ways. Can Jalen Hurts beat you with his arm and his mm. eyes? And I know that we've done this in some ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's proven, it's, you know, over the last season in particular uh, or last year, rather, that he can, mm-hmm. you know, throw the football on you. He's no, like, slouch. He's, we're not talking about him as a bad quarterback in this league. However, can he be a high-level quarterback in this league that's, you know, surgical and beats you that way? And especially if you can get him into third down and then make him doubt his eyes because he yes. changed the picture. Yes. I think that that could be an interesting look for what happens in this I game. couldn't
3: agree more with you. I think that's a perfect way to put it. If we can get him to second-guess in the pocket, because even watching those Philly routes, their their offensive game plan and schematics isn't anything inspiring to me. They're running a lot of clear outs. They're running some screens. Some They'll do running back screens, tight end screens, and try to, like I said, use your aggression against you. And if we can be disciplined and make Jalen Hurts sit in the pocket and read three, four defenders and make decisions, I think that plays into the Cowboys' favor. Where we can get some turnovers or just some coverage sacks. So I don't think this is a game where you're going to have to get out first down and have to get an interception, and he's going to get you, like, Make this game as long as possible. Make him make decisions, and I would take Dak when it comes to decision making, surgical processing in the in the pocket.
2: Especially right now, man, yeah. he's playing at a high level. One more nugget from our friend John, owning Pro Football Focus, um, and he mentioned how. You know, Week 9, we saw kind of the way that they utilize, And obviously, the Cowboys were not bad against the Eagles in Week 9. Mm-hmm. They obviously didn't get it done. You could probably point to a few plays that you go, those change and there's a win. So I imagine that some of that game plan comes back around in some ways. And defensively, over the totality of the season thus far, uh, Cowboys have blitzed at a 26% rate on first down and a 32% rate on second down and a 32% rate on third and fourth down. In that game, Week 9 against the Eagles – Thirty-four percent on first down, which is clearly up from their total rate. Thirty-five percent on second down, which is up from their total rate, and eighteen percent on third and fourth down, which is
3: lower. Mm. So, like, that's when they're making them making those decisions. Yeah, average, right, yep.
2: right. So, I do wonder if they they fall back into that um, and just go, "We're going to heat them up on first and second down and hope that we can make this tough." And then on third down, can you beat us? Yep. Um, so, I find those interesting. Now, going back to the. Uh, The Dak Prescott offensive aspect versus this Eagles defense. I saw this was uh, on NFL Live. I thought this was interesting, right? Uh, When it comes to NFL ranks this season, Dak Prescott himself, first in QBR, first in passing touchdowns, Mm -hmm. first in uh, pass yards per game, Mm -hmm. or fourth rather in pass yards yards per game. Now, of course, this is a little bit lacking in context, but I think you'll get what I mean when I start talking, right? Uh, When we talk about the Eagles defense, opponents against them, they are last when it comes to QBR from their opponents against them, which means quarterbacks against them. They doing, ball. Doing very well. Uh, passing yards, t- passing touchdowns rather, 31st for the Eagles defense. Not what you want, right? Passing yards per game against 29th. Like, uh, it I it leans back into the idea. I would love to see Dak Prescott, not only just because um, of these things, but also Dak Prescott is playing at his highest level yeah. right now. The highest level we've seen him play in his career. And I think one of the things you mentioned early is the biggest thing for me. You mentioned that, he his decision-making has been mm-hmm. incredible. And so I would love put the ball in his hands, let him make the decisions, and pick apart a defense that hasn't been playing well. I feel like that's what I'm expecting to see. This Cowboys yeah. team throw the football, especially see if they can attack the seams with J- Jake Ferguson like they typically do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm anticipating seeing them try and get CeeDee Lamb in kind of isolated situations mm-hmm. where you can go man up against guys and make things happen. Or maybe even Brandon Cooks in some of those yep. situations man up. And I think I, I anticipate them seeing being successful against these Eagles. Um, both on off well, more on offense I feel comfortable. Defense is where I'm interested in seeing how successful they'll be against the Eagles.
3: Yeah, and I think all week, and Reggie just highlighted, we've pointed out all the numbers. Cowboys offense should be able, be able to cook, and I think Dak will have another good game like he did last week. But it's really just going to come down to situational football. It's going to come down to can they make a key third and one stop, a key fourth and two pickup in, at midfield. <laughs> Because when they're playing the Eagles, they play us very tight no matter what. We could have, like you just said, we just run off top in the league and passing Eagles, bottom of the league. Somehow they will bring that back to the median, and we'll probably bring ours back to the median. It'll be right around average out both. I don't think either team is going to blow anybody out. It's going to be one that's close, and who can make better situational play calls, better situational plays. And right now I just trust Dak Prescott. Hopefully he doesn't let me down. But when it comes to those situational things, I think that's what this game is going to come down to. And the Cowboys should be able to have no problem on offense. But like you said, the defense will be
1: what we'll be looking out for.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. And then ultimately, uh, to bring this back around, put a little bit of a bow on it. There's a there's a thing called Power Poll. Rick mm-hmm. Gosselin puts this together and there's various media members that vote on it. And when it came down to this game, the rematch uh, between the Eagles and the Cowboys, you know, the basic question was who wins? And by a voting score of 117 to 61. About uh 66 percent of the votes uh fell in the Cowboys' favor. More, okay. Majority of people, two two out of every three voters believe that the Cowboys have this one. So I I mean I, think I agree the three with and and having favorites,
3: folks. right? They're three and a half point favorites yes. at home. Yeah, that,
2: that was the last line that I saw. Yeah. Three and a half point favorites. A little bit of home um, field. Uh, you're playing at your home, three. so in it's in essence like somewhere around a half point yep. uh, favor. This is supposed to be a, and thought about as a narrow margin. I I can see it being a somewhat narrow margin, but ultimately the thing that I do agree is I believe the Cowboys will get it done in this one.
3: Yep, yep. I believe Cowboys will get it done. I'm going to say 27-24, Reg. What are you thinking?
2: Um, That's not a bad you know, way to go of it. I mean, the first time it was 28-23 in favor mm-hmm. of the Eagles. I could see that being relatively close. I think they scored just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like 31-27. Uh, there you go. I like both of those
3: scores. It's, it's going to come down to probably like the last possession, somebody making a stop, Dak scoring a touchdown. Maybe we'll get another Jake Ferguson touchdown. I think this game ends with a... Brandon Cook slant route.
2: Oh, you're willing to do a lot more than me. I I have no crystal ball. I am no oracle. The fact that I gave you a score in and of I itself, just let me tell it up you. Over here. Let me tell you, that don't mean nothing. I I don't I don't know I, as much as I could tell you. Like I think some of these other things will factor in. Yeah. And I, I those are the things I believe strongly in. It's like I believe that these all, when it comes down to the score, brother. I don't know who's going to intercept the ball. <laughs> I don't is know true. what turnover's going to happen. People who bet on the scores, I'm like, how? I belie- how I, y'all y'all are. I am I'm, I'm happy for you. I believe that you you were going to win. Yep. I you know, all the good vibes wouldn't be me. Wouldn't be it, me. It can't be me. I can just bet the winner. I could do that, but what the I point total is gonna either. be,
3: I mean, I wouldn't actually I feel more I feel more confident when people bet like the exact score, and I'm like, how? You deserve to win that money if you get the score to a T because it's just so hard
2: to predict. Yeah, man. It's it's really tough. In fact, I'm currently in like a pick 'em league mm-hmm. and I'm stinking at that as well. So uh, look man, don't I'm not gonna pretend to know uh, what's gonna happen ahead of time. However, what I do know and I feel fairly certain saying this. This is going to be a very fun football game to watch. Oh, my
3: gosh. It's going to be electric at the stadium. It Absolutely. is going to be electric.
2: Absolutely. Always a, always a big one when you get a division game, and especially when you get rivals of this caliber. And, of course, you can hear this one. Uh, it's Sunday night football, 720 Ooh-wee. thereabouts, first kick. Of course, we'll have you covered here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next right here on the Get Right on 105 through The Fan. Like, love, or loathe? Let's talk about the teams Ooh. that are at 500 or right about 500. What do we think about them going forward? We'll discuss it next on The Fan. It's the, it's the Get Right right here on 105.3. The Fan, Reginald Attitula here with you alongside the Fan Phenom winner, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Shout out to Larry Flores, who's joined us on The Ones and Twos. Appreciate you, my man. And thank you for rocking with us here on The Get Right here uh, coming up in about... Uh, twenty minutes. We will get you. Uh, we will go around the NFL rather. Get you some of the the news of what's happening in the National Football League. Um, I just thought about it. I was like, is there should be there should be some 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 level of sports on tonight, right? Like uh, it's a Friday night, so no football. Oh, I believe there's a little bit of NBA happening. Little NBAsers. Yeah. So I'll have to I'll have to tap in with what's happening there. Um, I believe your stars have the night off, but the the Mavs will get going at about nine p.m got the west coast game against the portland trailblazers um but how about this right here right i, I term this like love or loathe mm-hmm. um they're you know we get past thanksgiving and thereabouts and if you're sitting about 500 things can happen right you can ultimately you still have an opportunity at doing something maybe interesting in the league um and so i kind of wanted to and you actually brought this up g- going around and talking about some of these teams that are just sitting at that midline. around sitting at mid, right at about yeah, I guess we could say it that way, sitting at mid, right. Um, those folks that are or there's teams rather that are sitting at about that place, and let's evaluate where where they stand with us and what we think mm-hmm. of them. So there's I believe there's eight teams that we're looking at. There's the Falcons. There's the Vikings. There's Is the it the Pan- whole NFC South? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you've seen the division, right? Um, obviously, the, the the lines will make it out of this. But the Falcons, the Vikings, the Packers, the Rams. The Seahawks, the Broncos, the Bengals, and the Buffalo Bills. Mm, Some interesting teams. Some interesting
3: teams. And I think it's all about expectations. Because some of these teams weren't expected to be this good and they are playing these good. Some of these teams were expected to be really good and they're at 500. So expectations will also play a factor on how For we sure. evaluate these teams.
2: All right. So let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons to start with. They're okay. currently, let me see. Six and six. Yeah. Yes, they are six and six. I wanted to see where they stood in the West. Or sorry, in the in the NFC rather. And they are fourth in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Leading the division somehow. <laughs> I mean, look they 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 have they have talent that they could use that they don't always use. They have a quarterback that they have no idea about, and no for idea. a sec- for a little while they benched for yeah. some reason that, that I don't know. Ex- this don't this know, is like, like two three seasons
3: in a row that a quarterback has been benched and then brought back <laughs> for the Falcons. So for me, I I feel like this team is just. I want to say like a management slash head coach and a quarterback away. I feel like they have all the, they've done a lot of the hard part. They have a good O-line. They got Lindstrom, who's been one of the highest graded O-linemen all year. They have one of the top backs and B. John Robinson, who they use here and there. They obviously have Kyle Pitts and Drake London, who we've talked about on here, who are great talents. But like they haven't put it together, but they've done the hard part of getting the talent. So this is a team that I am high on that just needs a couple more integral pieces rather than a lot of pieces to get this team flowing.
2: Yeah, uh, I, th- I think you're you're right there. And you mentioned, you started talking about the talent. One of the ones that obviously needs to come up is B. John Robinson. Yep. Incredible running back that either, I mean, when when utilized, can do some really good things. But, you know, for a while they didn't utilize him and without really great answers. And then since he's come back, we haven't seen him be as mm-hmm. uh, as incredible as he was to start the season. So this this is one of those teams where I think also their circumstances help them. The NFC South is not a very good division. Yep. And, um the Saints, for some reason, do not are not being as aggressive in in going out and winning games, and so I, I I like where they are, and I do like the possibilities that they have going forward. I know that one of your pet, you know, one of your pet uh, projects is getting Justin Fields yep. to the Atlanta Falcons yep. to be able to run all them RPOs that they be running, um, and I like that as well. But they they seem to be in this place where, look, man, finish this out strong, maybe give your guys some uh, some playoff experience, and then come back and figure out that quarterback spot because Desmond Ritter. He does not seem like, uh, at the best, he seems like he'd be like some level of stopgap or whatever. And so, yeah. I think it's
3: safe to say in the NFC South, they're in the best position out of all the teams moving forward. I would give them the best outlook.
2: Yeah. I I don't think that's hard to say at all, right? Uh, The Buccaneers are in this weird place where they're still working off of some of the talent that they accumulated off this last run that they had. Yeah. Um but We're all old yeah. in the contract. I mean, you already know that one of the wide receivers not gonna be there. Yeah. Hello, Mike Evans. The the Panthers, ooh boy, that's a whole thing. And the Saints are also in this place where they've played kickhand for a decade. And they paid Derek Carr a lot of money. A lot of money to just be just to find out what the Ram or sorry, the uh, Raiders knew about Derek yeah. Carr, which is he is so talented and yet it just does not it just show never up. In the way. Show, it just yeah. never
3: gets W's at the end of the day. Cause some guys, there's a lot of guys in the league we can say they got the talent. Some guys are winners. I promise you NFL teams want winners. They want W's on the wing. You can have all the talent in the world. If you don't put a W in the win column, it doesn't matter. And if you're hurt a bunch, it's just not looking great for the Saints. They, were, they had a high optimism going into here. We got Derek Carr. We fixed the quarterback. And he gets benched for Jameis half the game. So
2: we'll see. All right. How about this? The Minnesota Vikings currently sit sixth in the NFC. Uh, they've lost two in a row headed to this point. Although they do have a positive point differential in this. It's a plus 21 compared to the the, the, the Falcons had a minus 14. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about the Vikings who have had Josh Dobbs step in? Worked great for a little bit and now he's looking a lot less.
3: I, I, I want you to take this one because they've had a lot of injuries I don't really know exactly how to feel them because their two best players on offense have been injured all season. So it's almost hard to give them a grade with Kirk and Justin being out.
2: Yeah, there is something to be said for uh, Justin Jefferson coming back, returning yeah. to this team. However, I don't know how I feel about the Vikings ultimately because they, they've been trying to maximize what they had, but they're not going to get a quarterback back that can do this at a high level. Mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs is, you know, he is what he is. He's a guy who came in. And you know, stepped in for a time being, but he can't be a guy that's going to like really execute an offense on a high level um and make it make it tough against teams that have some level of film on what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, this is this is really tough. Like this is this is uh near the bottom of I think the group of teams, unfortunately. And this feels like this isn't just a this year thing. This mm, is a few years of I agree. of I, this kind of being in this middle spot that they were trying to contend. And even going forward, it makes it even more difficult because Kirk Cousins is you know, about to be a free agent, you do I don't think that they want him back because there is a cap on which you can get from him. However, I also don't know what their next answer is as well. So you're not gonna be able to get Kirk Cousins for cheap and just say, well let's keep this going and because there's a familiarity here. So no nah, I think the Vikings are in a bad place. And
3: I just looked up uh, when is Justin Jefferson <laughs> going to get off that rookie deal be free agent? 2025. If they can't get Jay Jettas back, it's looking tough for that offense. Because I don't know if there's another I mean, they ha- they have Jordan Addison, but I don't. Do you trust him being wide receiver one and just having a bunch of young guys? I think he works really good as a wide receiver two. Well, I mean, that's that's a few
2: years into the future for them, but I mean,
3: twenty twenty five. What is that? One more full year? Two seasons. Other oh, other oh, count that is two. Okay, the end of twenty twenty five. Okay, I guess I just they they're a team that I don't see trending up. I see them kind of staying middle of the pack, if anything, like you said with Kirk Cousins being gone, trending down.
2: Uh, all right, let's move through this a little quicker. The Packers, currently seventh in the NFC. However, they've won three in a row, and it looks like their quarterback might be good.
3: Yeah, I, I'm pretty high on them. I liked what I saw in that Chiefs game. I like the the offensive play calling to let him just go out there and play kind of Aaron Rodgers-esque, if you will. You see Jordan Love getting confidence. Their whole, they I think they have the youngest team in the NFL and the youngest offense in the NFL. They got a bunch of young receivers with Wicks and Reed, and Watson, I love what they're doing over there. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl contending team, but I they're trending in the right yeah. direction. A lot of young talent. That defense is playing good. Matt LaFleur knows what he's doing over there. So they're pretty high on the stock for me when it comes to, uh, especially the NFC North.
2: Strong agree. Matt LaFleur, when he talked about kind of the way that this team was running offense, and he did it gently, you yeah. know, during the time where it was not good, but it was like, you know, and not everybody's, you know, executing in the way that they need to. And you're starting to see some of that click when you talk about all the young guys on offense. And he has a good system. So those guys do what they're supposed to do. And I think they have an opportunity to do fun things. How about the Rams who are also in this place? Uh, eighth in the NFC right now. Uh, another three-game win streak. Uh, how do you feel about the Rams? I'm going to let you take this one. Because Matt Stafford, to me, he's he's like,
3: he puts up the numbers every year. But he just isn't that guy for me and they got Kyron Williams and Puka who are two young guys that I really like on offense, but is that enough?
2: Yeah, that. And, but this is the thing is they're, they are riding out the back end of the F-Them Picks era, yep. and so I, I'm i encouraged by their, the way that they found Kyron Williams and the way that mm-hmm. they found Puka Nakua and the— it gives me some some you know some courage in there that they'll be able to continue building this team and really as far as this season they're only going to be as good as uh they can keep Matthew Stafford upright he's yep. still a solid quarterback in this yeah. league and then obviously Sean McVay does really good things when he's you know building an offense so um if he stays healthy i think that they can do, do good things how about this how about the Seattle Seahawks <sighs> ninth in the NFC lost 3 in a
3: row yeah they're uh they're in a weird position where they got they got some talent. They got Tariq Woolen, They got Witherspoon. They got DK, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. But they're kind of in that same Falcons thing where they're in a tough, defi- not a tough division. They're in a division that they can't climb out of. They don't have maybe the play caller and coach that you would dream of. And I just feel like their stock is kind of middling right now. I'm not too high on them. They have the, the one, one week they'll look great. One week they'll look terrible. So they're kind of a team that I don't really know what direction they're going, especially – well, I guess we'll know when they decide make a decision on Geno.
2: Uh, someone was pointing with the Rams. Stafford's not the problem; it's the defense. Yeah, but I'm saying like as far as they can go, right? Like, they're not going to be able to fix the defense as of this season. Mm-hmm. As far as they can go, will be if Stafford's healthy, which he hasn't been for the entirety of the season. Yeah, I think it's funny that you mentioned Geno Smith, or not necessarily that that you mentioned the kind of middling mm-hmm. in a way because I think. Going forward, you've seen them acquire a lot of young talent that's going to help them in New years future. Right now, they do feel like they're in a place where they're just gonna they're in a tough road of it, right? They've just got a tough schedule, or they've got actually it eases, it eases up a little bit. They're going to have the Niners this week. That's tough. Eagles after that. That's tough. Two L's. Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. Eh. Yeah. And so I don't know. Maybe maybe they they, full, they fully mid this thing out on the way uh, out the end of the end of the season. All right. How about how about these teams? Broncos, Bengals, Bills. Rank those one, two, three in the ways that you feel about those teams in the AFC. Bills currently in eleventh in the AFC. Um, Broncos are sorry. Broncos are in our ninth. Bengals are tenth.
3: So as far as this year, the teams that I think can do the most damage out of the three, I got to go the Bills. Just off straight firepower. I haven't been that impressed with them, but Josh Allen is still Josh Allen. Cooking. Still got Stephon Diggs. They're gonna find a way to put up points. And they'll find a way to win games, especially late in the year. Broncos have been a great surprise this year. Cortland Sutton, oh my God. I think he's leading the league in receiving touchdowns. Like, this, or He actually might be behind Tyreek, excuse me, behind that. But he has been amazing this year. The way that Russell Wilson's been able to kind of turn around that horrific year that he had last year. Him and
2: Sean Payton clicking on all keys. Well, they basically put up bumpers for him. You know how you yeah. go bowling and they put up the bumpers? They were like, look, man, don't make this hard. But Check I mean, this ball down. Move the ball around. It's better
3: than we expected. I didn't think anyone thought everyone thought the Broncos defense would be the one to carry them. It's kind of been the offense this year. The defense has let them down. Now of recent they've been playing better. But I could see the Broncos being second. And then the Bengals to me, out of the three, are the best long term play. But this season, obviously, with no Joe Burrow. They got to be third.
2: Okay. I hear you on that. I have a tough part with the with the Bills because they are really injured and the defense hasn't shown up in the way that you need them to. Feel better uh, about the Broncos? Sorry, the Bills, rather, is what I was. That, you I said the, the Bills. I was
3: saying, do you feel better about the Broncos being better than the Bills?
2: That's a great question, because when you say that, I'm like, actually, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll stick with what you had because they can't all keep playing bad around Josh Allen for this long, yeah. can they?
3: Yeah. Can, can,
2: can they? Man. I don't know if my voice can go any higher, but I think you get the point. Um, okay, so those are the teams that are at about uh, 500 uh, or 6-6 six, six six here, uh, you know, Head down the stretch. I guess yeah. we're heading down the stretch. Five more games yeah. for most of these teams on the way out of this. Which one do you feel – of all the teams we've talked about, say, which team do you feel the best about?
3: I think I feel the best about the Packers. Okay. I like – they're young, so they can only get better. They're they're streaking at the right time. The confidence is there. I would say the Green Bay Packers have been the most impressive out of the mid that you just named to me. What about, what about you? What team has stuck out to you? Um – yeah, Packers the, for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I think you might be right that the Packers are are that one. I, I feel really good, though, about – no, I actually feel good about the Packers front office as well. I'll go with the Packers with you. Um, it's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's go around the NFL where – I know we were just slandering him, but <laughs> Derek Carr is set to play. Ooh, We'll talk about that and more next. So get right right here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series Champion Rangers 105 through the fan. Reginald Atatula here with you. Sitting with me is the fan phenom, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Thanks to Larry Flores on the ones twos. And thanks to you for rocking with us and interacting uh, on the trekrec.com text line, 877-881-1053. Uh, search one hundred 105.3, the fan on YouTube. Shout out to Blake Alexander. Always in there, hanging out with us. And... Appreciate you guys for rocking with us on twitch.tv slash Dallas fan cam here at the top of the hour. We'll uh, discuss Mike McCarthy's relationship with analytics. A really interesting piece came out in the athletic earlier today. We'll talk about that at eight, but right now it's time to go around the national football league here on the get right. And I did uh, tease and let you know that, you know, Derek Carr about to be playing football again. He had entered the concussion protocol but he's cleared it now and he is listed as questionable for the the Saints game versus the Carolina Panthers that was announced uh not too long ago in fact and so Saints quarterback Taysom Hill wide receiver Rashid uh Rashid Shaheed and I can I stop to say I really am sick of calling Taysom Hill a quarterback because
3: dual threat swiss army knife
2: yeah okay uh but yes Hill Shaheed both questionable also as while missing the week of practice Chris Olave is questionable as well. So, a lot a lot of questionables, but I imagine a lot of them play. How much of them, all right, like, of the players that I mentioned, right? Derek Carr, Taysom Hill, Rashid Shaheed, Chris Olave, how many of those do you need in order to beat the Panthers? Mm. And, I, and when I do say need, right? Like, how how many of those can you have? Or, I like, what's Taysom, the fewest I number think, of those that I you can have? I think if
3: you have Taysom Hill out there, you win. Just Taysom, Taysom, not even Chris Olave. Not even Olave. Taysom Hill can run it and throw it and catch it and throw it to himself. He'll be fine to beat the Panthers. Panthers don't even want to win. They don't even want to win. Actually, they should be wanting to because they don't even have their own pick. Yeah, I was pick. like, there's there's no reason to go and try and lose games. <laughs> they don't even have their pick, so they should be trying, but you would think that they're not trying to win the, the way they play football and call offensive play sets. But, yeah, I think as long as you got uh, Derek Carr out there. You, actually, I think Jameis Winston gives you a better chance to win, but that's a topic for another day. Oh, buddy, so. see, this is the thing.
2: <laughs> in, in theory, on paper, Jameis Winston gives you a, the best chance to win. Yeah. However, this is the problem with Jameis Winston. Crab legs. Can he throw three or four? Well, that's a whole nother problem with him. Crab legs, Ubers, you know, the yeah, it's a problem. It's a, it's a big problem. Was that an Uber or Lyft? One of those. Ride shares. Um, however, is it possible that Jameis Winston throws you three or four touchdowns in a game? Yes. Absolutely. Is it possible that Jameis Winston throws you three or four interceptions in a game? Absolutely. So this is probably
3: not a game because you could keep the Panthers in with Jamison. He might throw a pick six. and Next thing you know, it's and what's funny is 14. like that's
2: historical. I don't even know if that's exactly the same issue with Jameis Winston as right now, but uh, that's that that has always been the issue with Jameis Winston uh, from the two and four. Let me know if you're a Saints fan because I really want to know. They said. I'm sick of the Saints because that could, that could, you could mean that in a lot of different ways. If you're oh, a fan, man. it could just be like, this team is annoying the hell out of me. Or it could just be like, why are y'all like, why are y'all hitting me with the Yoki do? Why are y'all hitting me with the false start? Because how many years has it been that yep. we've been like, oh, this is the one. This, this, I this feel is the good.
3: I, I have a lot of Saints fans. They're, the optimism was high this year. They got their they've got their fix at quarterback and it just just hasn't been a solution. Derek Carr has not been that guy. I drafted Chris Olave in fantasy. I thought he'd go crazy this year. He gets benched every other week because I don't know who the quarterback's gonna be. So
2: Yeah, I still don't know why they gave Dennis Allen that job or stick with Dennis Allen. I get why they gave it to him originally, mm-hmm. right? Like some level of consistency. But him, Pete Carmichael, I don't know about none of them cats. Anyways, uh that's that's enough Saints talking this sense. I can I look. <laughs> We're
3: gonna make our head hurts with Saints talk.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't wanna levy the word unserious too uh too easily. But sometimes, man. Sometimes. Anyways, we continue around the NFL where, Blake, let me ask you this question. If if, if a quarterback is not going to win the MVP, who would you give it to this season? It comes down to two people. It comes down
3: to that boy in Miami. It comes down to that boy to put the smack down against the Eagles.
2: The boy in Miami being Tyreek Hill. And yep. I, I think, especially for the folks that are like, I want to see something different. I want to see something interesting. There's a lot of folks that are like, look, man. I am. I am pioneering. I am championing the idea of Tyreek Hill yes. winning the MVP, uh, which would mean which would be the first time in the Associated Press's NFL uh, MVP uh, the, and the time that they've awarded that that it's been that it's gone to a wide receiver. There's never been a wide receiver who's won MVP, and to this point, right now Tyreek need to be quiet because he's not helping us out. Right, those of us that are trying to champion him, he came out uh, earlier today say? and said, uh, "quote." There's been numerous times before I've even started playing football that guys have been making plays, having great seasons. It's a quarterback award. We all know that.
1: Hey, dog, shut up.
2: Yeah,
3: I mean, if if Cooper Cup wins a triple crown and he doesn't win, it's really tough. Now, if he breaks that 2,000-yard two, 2, receiving record that Calvin Johnson holds, at like what was it, like 1968 or something like that, something yards, he was short of 2K, if he breaks 2K – It's going to be more than a discussion. It's going to be very tough, especially if the quarterbacks, the Dak, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, if some of them struggle, maybe there's a case for it. But if Dak balls out like we expect him to do, it's going to be tough to say he's more valuable than the quarterback.
2: Right. We haven't even seen a, I mean, outside in the last, what, 10 seasons, we've, you know, it's been quarterbacks. And the last time we saw a non-quarterback was a running back was Adrian Peterson in 2012. And so, like, it really has been just kind of quarterbacks, running backs Maybe a defensive player Mm -hmm. here and there. And so Tyreek Hill went further to say, I'd be happy, happier if Tua won it. And look. Great answer. I look, I appreciate it. And you know what? Tua Tungabaloa does deserve some credit. However, that's not what we do right now. We need you. Get on board, dog.
3: Break it. Break it. It's the same with the Heisman, you know. People said Malik Neighbors, Marvin Harrison Jr., but we have four hey, quarterbacks.
2: Hey, hey, hey. No, no I, look, I, I get it, but I just I feel uncomfortable. I just wanted you to know. I, I know.
3: Little, I, little MHJ. And um, we got a guy in Bo Nix who's not even going to make the college football playoffs in it. So it's, it's, it's the same trend that follows all the way through college football, through NFL. It's just hard to prove that a guy other than a quarterback is the most valuable versus the best player. So I think he's locked up offensive player of the year. We'll just see if the voters, you know, give them that nod that they didn't give to some other guys.
2: Uh from the 940, dog. Has it really been 11 years since AP? Yes. Yes it has. Mm-hmm. I sorry to make you feel just a little bit older on a Friday evening, but yes, it has been that long. I was 13 um, when that happened. That I'm sorry to make you feel older, again. <laughs> I, apologize. I apologize. But did, did you appreciate yeah. Adrian Peterson Yeah, Adrian was?
3: Peterson was one of my favorites to watch up. That boy, him and LT. Ladanian Thomasson was my favorite running now, back No, what you
2: watch know it. about? Nashville? just, really. <laughs> just
3: go right into the uncle. What him, you know about? You don't know nothing about no LT. Him, him in that Chargers uniform and LT was nasty. 99 speed and Madden. But uh, yeah, it's going to be hard for Reek to win it. I think he should win it if it not go to Dak. But uh, I don't know how they're going to do it. It had to be a long discussion.
2: So the Jaguars, as we continue around the NFL, the Jaguars are going to face off against the Cleveland Browns uh, on Sunday. That'll be a noon game on CBS. And we've got an interesting thing going on here where we've got a uh, quarterback naming duel going on. And I say that to say uh, we don't know who's going to play quarterback in that game at all Mm -hmm. because the Cleveland Browns have decided not to name a starting quarterback ahead of the game. Obviously, they signed Joe Flacco when he started. Last week, uh, because there was, you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson was in concussion protocol. However, DTR made it out of concussion protocol today and practiced today. And so you imagine, well, he was on the depth chart ahead of Joe Flacco. He'd be the starter, right? They have not said. Mm. So they are deciding not to say. At the same time, you go over to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, you know, they had the Trevor Lawrence injury. He had the high ankle sprain on Thursday night football uh, not this past week, but the week before. And so they have yet to let us know if he will play, if CJ Bethard will play. And so we're just going to Do they game. even have a third string? That's a great question that I probably should know the answer to. I don't I don't think However, I do not right now.
3: I don't think they have a choice. It looks like CJ Bethard is playing because I think they were saying if he gets hurt during that game, there's no one to back him up. So Well,
2: yeah, according <laughs> according to right now, uh Trevor Lawrence. Game day decision. He uh, practiced on a limited basis yesterday oh, wow. and today. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. The on the on the high ankle sprain, which I'm interested to see if he does play, what that looks like because he's a dude. He has some mobility to him. I'm not anticipating him just like going and running a whole bunch. But what does that do? How how well does he navigate the pocket yeah. with those types of things? But, yes, he uh, suffered a toe injury against Detroit last season and didn't miss a start. So, like, I guess we could talk about some of his toughness if that's going to play in. Beathard is said to be his backup as of right now. And so – that's what we're looking at with that game in particular.
3: They're in a weird state because they still have a really good record. They had a chance to be number one in the AFC last week with a win. So they're not and the just Texans like,
2: are coming as well. Yeah, they're not just like, yeah. oh,
3: we'll forget it. T-Law's hurt. We'll just lose. They're trying to still win. So I understand the desperate need to get T-Law back in the
2: lineup. Right. In the same way that the Cowboys are like, yo, we let's go win this NFC East because that gives you a, a chance at home field advantage and everything. Mm-hmm. The AFC South has oddly become competitive yeah. and the Texans who I believe are one game back of the Jaguars have the Jets this week which yeah. doesn't inspire a lot of confidence so I imagine that the Jaguars are, are right like, there you can't afford to come back to the field in a way yep. you know especially if you do not have the best quarterback available for you in that game uh, also and when we talk about uh, guys that will or will not play uh, the Kansas City Chiefs they have had some some issues, and they will be facing off against the Buffalo Bills, a team that we guy we kind of think has an opportunity to make it, it tough. Should be a on good them.
3: game because both teams are kind of struggling, not at their peak,
2: yeah. when we talk about this, you know, this chief's offense and the things that, you know, make it tough for them as they only have a few guys they can depend on. You talk about uh Rashi Rice. You talk about, obviously, uh, Travis Kelsey. And the other guy of the triumvirate that can be trusted outside of, of course, your quarterback is Isaiah Pacheco. However, they will be without him in this game. Um, it's a shoulder injury, same shoulder that Pacheco had surgery on this off season. And asked whether Pacheco is a candidate for IR, Andy Reid said it's too early to tell, which isn't the Ooh. quite an answer that you is the kind of answer that you want necessarily. If Pacheco goes on IR, what's your what's your confidence meter on the Chiefs? Like where do you then fall? It's keeping in you know in mind he's run the ball well for them. And I don't know exactly how that looks when he's not behind behind I, him. Uh, I think my confidence
3: goes a lot lower without him. He has probably been my favorite running back to watch. I'm not saying he's been the best. Just watching a running back, Pacheco has been so fun to watch how hard he runs. This man acts like his feet are on fire, like he's getting chased with a belt, the way he runs up and down the field. So not having that intensity and kind of the intangibles he brings to that Chiefs offense because – There's a bunch of times where it's second or third down and you know you have to run and they're in obvious run situations and he still picks up the first down, running through guys, running through tackles. So not having him, I think it's going to be a bigger loss than people realize. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still a very serviceable back, but he doesn't run like Pacheco and there's a reason he was behind him on the depth chart. They're going to miss him a lot.
2: That's how we go around the NFL here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, uh, The Athletic dropped a really interesting piece about Mike McCarthy's relationship with the analytics. Let's dive into that next Numbers. on 105.3 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone
1: 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Here. Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.